Hello and welcome to Deadpool It Yourself, your only podcast experience for, uh, you know, cable and Deadpool read-throughs and DIY skits that just don't seem to go anywhere. Uh, I am the Senseless Apprentice and I am your oft-confused guide with no logical explanation for my addled brains. Uh, and with me today, uh, first of all, we have our reluctant older brother figure who is just too old or maybe tired for this shit, Mr. Verano. I believe it is a ladder. Thank you, sir. <laughs> you have no idea how old I am. I, hope. <laughs> I think it's the former. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> uh, and joining us for his first full episode is our subversive infiltrator of agencies that don't really have much use in the world of espionage, Minnie, agent of the EPA. Greetings and hello. Don't let the agency know. Uh, I'm here today. <laughs> I'm sure they will not care. <laughs> I don't even know if they actually know I work for them, to be honest with you. <laughs> I would say, do they know you're on payroll? Cause... <laughs> that that's It's the shady world of espionage. They don't have to know. Does taking from the safe at night count as being on payroll? <laughs> I would if I was working for them. <laughs> uh news wise um woman wonder woman 1984 is out um actually looks good um little I side story i have for it i tried to get to be an extra on that movie i was too fat they filmed part of it nearby i know yeah I, I just missed the casting for it I missed it. They wanted someone to jog. I'm like, I can pretend I can jog around. <laughs> like I was at my heaviest. I was like, I can, I can jog a mile. With, you know, I'm buffing really hard. We'll just need a lot of takes. <laughs> I know. I was like, bastards. It was, it was an okay movie. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't standard uh, dark DC fare. It was, uh, hmm. but like. The thing that annoys me is you get a, you go online, you get a lot of these reviews from either, you know, fake bots who are just you know, on one side to be a troll, or you get people who just don't get the nature of the comic that it's based off of. And so, right. like, it just, it, it, it falls flat for a certain audience because they don't understand the way the comic book is written or they don't understand why it's written that way. And so mm. they're like, oh, I went in there expecting, you know, another fucking Zack Snyder darkness fest and it actually had a hopeful message in it. What the fuck? Right. <laughs> you know, and, and I think people have these weird expectations for comic book movies where it's like, this isn't cinema verite. This isn't the good shit. This is right. This is the stuff you go to because you don't want to, you want to turn it off, turn off your brain and watch some fucking fighting and crappy dialogue. Right. No one, no one in front of the camera is winning an Oscar for this shit. Right. <laughs> and that was because he took it so far it killed him. Hmm. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I think that's really seems to be all we got. Right. Uh. uh I do. Th you know, we said we're not wrestling format, but I do think it's worth noting that uh, Brody Lee or Luke Harper uh, passed away this week, and. Mm -hmm. uh, Young age, really talented person. Yeah, uh, kind of underused in the WWE as Luke Harper, and he was just getting started with what he could have done in AEW. Um, Seen him for so long in a terrible white beater and jeans. Yeah. He was awesome as shit <laughs> for a big man in a beard and a suit, and <laughs> and still getting over. I, I seriously, I was like, I'm intimidated, and you're dressed up nice. I'm more intimidated the fact you're in a suit than a really old, sweat-stained white beater and jeans. <laughs> I just I... like if there was a remake of Kingpin, I'd take fucking Luke Harper, Brody Lee as a Kingpin. <laughs> he's just got that big size. He's fast. He can actually boot you in the face and not like you know throw out his hip. Right, talking Kingpin like the character. Yeah, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's already got that one. No, I know, but I'm saying if like you want another big guy and like you just shave Brody Lee's head, I'll yeah, it. 
See, I was hoping they'd find somebody who'd look in the any semblance like you know, uh, uh, you know, Spider Verse movie. The, uh, you know, like if any if they could find anybody that could look or like you know that imitated that guy's look, it was fantastic. Like Spider Man into the Spider Verse, like that was that'd be an interesting human being to see. <laughs> yeah. Especially him, like I could just see him like a big ass mobster gang dude that is, you know, ridiculously smart. <laughs> um, a little different from Kingpin, you know, wouldn't put his family at risk and they die. Right. If someone hasn't watched um, Into the Spider Verse, yes, Kingpin's family is dead. If I ruined it for you, <laughs> too bad. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Spoiler alert for a movie that the sequel's coming out probably. I don't know when. Yeah, right, and been out for what five years now? Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you're now watching it, you know, way too late. So, well, see, there's a statute of limitations for spoiler alerts, right? <laughs> no, but see, the thing is, we're 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 talking about Spider Verse, and it's a it's an interesting thing because that's where the, the the Spider-Man movie that is apparently coming up with just everything in the world involved, according to rumor. Um, you know, it's all it's all based on. Uh, the coming competition in the next decade, which is going to be fascinating for us as fans. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that's what might be the delay in getting a second into the Spider-Verse type movies, because over a little bit over a year ago, Marvel was basically like Sony. Sony has the movie rights to Spider-Man, but Marvel has the merch rights. Mm -hmm. Marvel wants to buy, wanted to buy the Sony, the, uh, the movie rights. And Mm -hmm. Sony quoted some ridiculous figure because they didn't want to sell them because it's right. even if they don't have the merch rights, a Spider-Man movie is a ridiculously profitable movie, no matter, you know, as long as they turn right. it right. And mm-hmm. uh, so, you know, Marvel walked away from the table and was like, you know, Tom Holland won't be in any more of the MCU movies. And, uh, you know, those Sony movies will just be whatever they want on their own. And we'll still make, still make merch money from their shit. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, then the, then AT&T started bankrolling some huge moves at Warner Brothers and right. Disney's like, oh, fuck. The, uh, you know, it's worth it's worth pointing out. Uh, AT&T is number nine on the Forbes Fortune 500 list and huh. Disney is like number 49 or 59 or something like that. They're, they're a, a, a bunch of rankings down huh. and it's like, you know, basically, it's kind of like AT and T or uh, Disney turned to Sony and was like, "Hey, remember that shit we were doing to bully you? They're gonna do it to both of us. So let's work together." And Sony was right. <laughs> Fuck it. it, it'll be better to work with you than to work against you. So you know, right. we're getting like these massive conglomerations. Like now, there's rumors that like Charlie Cox uh, is gonna possibly make an appearance in um, in the next Spider Man movie, and already they sent they said they were they confirmed they're sending over uh, Doc Strange. You know, nice. so, like all this shit is is building up in this movie, and it's gonna, you know, I, I think that when they finally release Black Widow, that's gonna be their lightning yeah. rod. Like this was our shitty movie, uh, right? <laughs> I don't think they have high expectations for it, and I think it's just it's gonna be the lightning rod to be like, okay, that was our shitty movie. Now we're gonna come out with something you like again. Uh, mm-hmm. well, I hope they don't. I hope they don't ruin that because I actually like the Black Widow character. <laughs> yeah (laughs) is it just because like of her look fabio (laughs) okay it could be part of the look but i also think her character is actually very interesting how they portrayed her to actually have a much more humane side even though like she's always seen as just like the murderous bitch in the past which she really wasn't all the time yeah i mean you know all said done, you know, like the cool powers and like the, you know, decent lineup and interesting backstory and then Mother Russia and all that. Like, Verano, I, I wouldn't be mad at you if you just told me it's the latex suit that really got you into Blackwood. <laughs> no, it's the actress behind the latex suit, but also, also good. Have, yeah. <laughs> she also doesn't have the powers, really. She actually is fighting, like, unequal with Hawkeye. Look, her background as a brainwashed Russian agent was so good that they had to copy it and give it to Bucky Barnes. It was so good, it was fit for them to give it to a man because Marvel so <laughs> Well, that's because Bucky was a little bit different. He wasn't a ballerina. <laughs> I mean, true. He was a one-armed, he was a one-armed assassin that they tried. Yeah. 
and brought out yeah. <laughs> slightly different, you know, but you know, <laughs> but still same idea, like brain brainwashed into service in the Russian, uh, you know, spy agencies, and then right turns against the 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 Soviets that started it, or you know, that was original, and then you know, after the Soviets stopped being a threat, now it's whoever the shady agency they want to retcon it to be is, you know, it's always hi- right. something involved with Hydra. Or, some you know fake Soviet thing. I can't remember what they. Man. One, but I don't remember what it was. They should. They should have just joined the EPA. <laughs> <laughs> Damn hippies! <laughs> uh, all right. Um. So we uh recap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's get into uh the issue today. So we'll we're gonna I'll I'll uh, give the the data and then we'll start with the recap. And then we'll get into the full issue. Cable and Deadpool uh, issue 14 is what we're going over. It's a Murder in Paradise Part 2. Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Uh, it's written by Fabian Nesaza. And uh, the pencils are by Patrick Zercher. Inks are by Meth. Colors are by Gotham Studios. Letters, Corey Pettit. And the cover art is Patrick Zercher, Meth, and Frank Darmada. So if we want to get to the recap. All right. So um, for part one, uh, if looks a good kill, which in... Deadpool's case, if you want to see his face, it'll kill you. <laughs> He's not a do so. Right about terrible his face is. <laughs> uh, we were introduced to the anti-hero comic, huh? I said like Ryan Reynolds uh, crossed with a Sharpay, according to uh, actually. Yes, the, the one time I was horrified of his face. He's a handsome. <laughs> <human. laughs> Um, all right, so in part one, uh, if it looks kill, uh, we're introduced to the anti-heroes of our comic. Uh, K1 and Deadpool um, just can't stop running into each other's ways as they have uh, to save the world from black ops, um, mechanizations of a multinational pharmaceutical conglomerate, and a blue-skinned cult from France. Oh, great, that was French. <laughs> story, Deadpool and K1 are genetically bonded, uh, essentially ensuing that they can't escape from each other even if they don't really like each other. That actually sounds like a, another movie with The Rock and Jason Statham. <laughs> Cable is <laughs> terms with the same with a sense of destiny that comes from being more powerful than Superman and a non DC comic property. <laughs> yeah, so Cable, <laughs> at this point, he's uh, the techno organic virus at first went away and then it came back, but like he doesn't have to waste any power using it or keeping it in check. So he he's got full telepathy. Full uh, telekinesis, and it, like the only thing more powerful than him at this point, uh, as as his power is growing and growing, is his mom when she's Phoenix. For people who understand that reference, um, mm-hmm. and he's and he's risen. He's pulled up the sections of his island, put them together, and uh, now he can teleport. But he and Deadpool uh, are, are bonded together. So if they body slide by one, uh, they come out to be this tangled mess of disgusting oh and it gives cable deadpool's healing factor too right <clears throat> for a little bit at least all right <laughs> so um moving over into part two and the burn offering uh deadpool works with cable's dad and his buddies the x-men to assemble a mysterious device that can do something to cable meanwhile cable sets out sets about on a massive plan to bring the world together in harmony to kick his ass. <laughs> At the penultimate moment of the sacrifice Cable had planned, Deadpool used a device he had helped assemble to remove the portions of Cable's brain that controlled his powers and saved his life. In the epilogue, yeah, the world hates Deadpool because he lobotomized uh, and lost the savior. That's because they all think he killed Cable. Uh, so he sets about, you know, replacing the techno-organic parts of Cable to try to save his life with the help of a noted technopath. Thunderbolt cameo. The fixer. Yeah, <laughs> the fixer. Um, fresh from not dying, Cable begins relatively powerless life as a chief executive of the island nation he founded when he was doing his whole uh, Jesus thing. <laughs> Which leads us to the current story, uh, Murder in Paradise. The first part introduced us to some of the life in Providence, but now we're back to the character development as we get to part of the story that highlights how little Deadpool knows about his present, but it's better let him explain it. Okay, so there's this nifty little island called Providence. Sweet piece of real estate in the middle of the South Pacific. 
my good buddy Cable, he sort of made this place out of spare parts left over from his old humongo space station from the future. No, I'm not kidding. Work with me. It's the Marvel Universe here. It's supposed to be fun and wacky. Anyways, place has become one big giant Woodstock for the world's intelligentsia, minus the mud and ripe aroma. The kind of people real Americans would give wedgies every day. Scientists, philosophers, smart wussies. Well, while Cable was recuperating from having half his body blown apart, someone got murdered in paradise. Therefore, the story title above. But the guy who got killed was Haji bin Barat, one of the world's most wanted terrorists. Or, as they're called in parts of the Middle East, stand-up guys. Because of my inherent sense of justice, plus the fact I was bored out of my mind, I began to investigate the murder. Former reporters slash Mary Magdalene, Irene Merriweather, and former time-traveling, badly-dressed cosmic maniac, Prester John, have also been playing <laughs> detective. But I figured out who killed Barat first. Because I'm the one who did it! <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, where we open up, having discerned that he's the person who killed Haji bin Barat concurrently with the investigative services on Providence, uh, Deadpool is running from the automated sentries and other non-humans that have been sent to apprehend him. Real, like, uh, you know, our, any classic storyline with arcade. Real arcade-like machinery. Um, the chase is being watched by Irene Merriweather, Prester John, and a new person we will eventually find out is the head of what is essentially the Providence Police Department, Johan Creek. So we have that dialogue. Uh, we have a full island sweep in progress. We'll find him. You sure about that, Mr. Creek? I was Interpol for 20 years, Miss Merriweather. I never failed to apprehend a suspect. You've never had a suspect like Wade Wilson? No, but I never had technology at my disposal as advanced as this. Nor did I have the benefit of territorial control. We are on an island. He'd swim to Australia if it if that's what it takes, Mr. Creek. We need to find him, and we need to find out why he did this. There he is. There he is. Sector 8, 14th Street, by the North Shore. I will go now, Irene. John, are you sure? He is dangerous, you say? Well, so am I. Quite the little paradise we have going here, isn't it? It was my wife's idea to come. Grounds for divorce? Keep an eye on him. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot Gus who was going to do that one line. <laughs> so good. I think it's great that there was two people doing that line. You know, so random people. <laughs> They're both very excited. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we can't pretend to be the people we're playing. Right. <laughs> While John prepares for battle with Deadpool, Irene reports to Cable with the up-to-date news. It is hinted that Cable is going to be going on an adventure outside of the pages we are that we are reading. They're being very obvious about it. Really funny. <laughs> like, if you don't know that Cable is, that at this point in the story, Cable's basic role is to almost not be there or be ready to be not be there, uh, that's kind of... <laughs> It's it's been so much in the last two issues that it's ridiculous. It's like just fucking go already. Why if you're, I I can't. I don't have time for this, Irene. I have to leave. I really have to leave. Um, right. He's got the hologram of a alien called a Scorn uh, that is in between him and Irene. He's dressed in something that looks like his late '90s X Men costume, like not the big Layfeld like pouches everywhere costume, but the slim slim down shit he had in like 1999. Um, oh yeah. They look cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was the good stuff. And the last part that hints at this is he literally tells Irene that he's leaving Providence for a while to recruit people to fight against another threat that needs to be addressed. But the cool thing is, it's kind of like uh, I went to this um, show a couple years back, and it was uh, it was Slayer was doing their last tour of the nation, but at this one club close by everybody but Slayer from that show was playing a, a, a just like a, a, a house show. So like hmm. for much less money, you could go and still get in the pit and basically the same exact show, except you didn't see Slayer perform. And that's kind of what is going to happen here is in a little bit, we're going to get to meet 
Cannonball and Siren from the people that Cable recruits for this other mission. Um, it's basically his his one the the two of the main members of his form of X Force from the nineties. So it's right. it's going to lead into cameos, but it's also its own story. So, which is great because Cannonball is also probably the best X Men alive. <laughs> it, it, you know what really fucking frustrates me is Negasonic Teenage Warhead from yeah. the Deadpool movies is basically gender swapped Cannonball. Yeah, and like I don't care, but I wish they just acknowledged that instead of being like, "Oh, we're gonna take this psychic character who died because she didn't fucking matter." Right storyline from 20 years ago and we're going to use her name because it sounds cool. And right. It's really the most Deadpool thing to do, but I wish they just acknowledged that, oh, and what we're doing is we're going to give her Cannonball's powers, because that's basically what she has. And I'm cool with it, if they just right. fucking acknowledge it. <laughs> basically say, hey, we gender swapped uh, Cannonball, but still have like girls. Isn't that cool? Like, okay, fine, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, that's just how I feel about that. <laughs> hey, man, I, I back you up, brother. <laughs> um, Cannonball not only is the best X Men, you know, just because of the powers, but the personality too. <laughs> yeah. He's the Guthries are really nice. <laughs> they're just, yeah, they're really nice people. Yeah, it's weird to see them in the Age of Apocalypse, where they're like part of Sinister's twin squad or something like that, or sibling squad. Yeah, like. They're 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 so bad there, but they're such good people otherwise. Right. <laughs> um. Meanwhile, Deadpool is still running away as he destroys more automated defense drones. He tries to remember why he killed Ben Barat. However, neither scenario he imagines. Uh, one of which has Ben Barat uh, holding Irene hostage in a standoff, talking about like death to the Western media or something like that. Uh, that doesn't seem probable, but the other one's more funny. It's Wade walking in on Bim Barat and B Arthur in bed together and seeing his beloved B with this terrorist makes him kill the terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> so neither of those seem right. Uh, but while he's thinking of a giant fazark hits him from behind and it's a uh, Prester John in full, full costume regalia. He's, uh, I can't remember which one. How did you des- describe him? Knock off something? Knock off Thor. <laughs> yeah. knockoff Thor is the most accurate way to describe him I thought um, it was it, Thor for two seconds I was like why did he change his hair color why did he change his weapon right Wait. but also like it was like a mix between that and like DC's new gods you know like yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point he's wide like a new god yeah yeah, yeah. he's wearing a red tunic over gold chain mail he's got a blue steel helmet that is notably blue like it does not look steel at all Right. <laughs> and a notable rectangle ruby on a pendant around his neck. No reason for it. Like, it's not some magical, mystical thing. The thing in his hand is what is giving him his power. It's his stellar rod, as he calls it. Um, right. <laughs> and, but he's got, like, like, that, like with, the, with the point about the new god or the, like the knockoff Thor, it's got hairy accents. Like, he's very hairy, but it's also got these weird, like, random fur accents all over the place. Right. Um, and so John says, Wade Wilson, I am delegated by the authority of the Providence Peace Watch Security Patrol to apprehend you for the murder of Haji bin Barat. If you are unfamiliar with the history of Prester John, I have dispensed with the powers of my stellar rod in combat with the Fantastic Four and Thor. You really said stellar? <laughs> he just fucking rails Deadpool with a huge energy <laughs> blast, and Deadpool just like doesn't seem to care. Um, so John and Deadpool battle through Providence. It becomes clear that John is not as much a hero as is implied by how he's trying to be so helpful here. Um, especially you know he just mentioned he fought against. He didn't say. <laughs> What the it was against. Yeah, he said in combat with, but uh, right. I believe at times it, like he, he it was against. They they they're really hinting that he's this good guy, but um, he doesn't seem to care about property damage. He doesn't seem to care about uh the innocent bystanders. Uh, 
Right. Deadpool's the first one who mentions not battling in the middle of a group of innocent bystanders just trying to get food because he gets blasted into a cafeteria. Meanwhile, Irene and uh, Johan Creek watch the fighting unfold while deciding whether to go against his wishes because Cable, you know, can't be bothered with with his shit. It's too old for this shit. Uh, and call Cable. <laughs> However, Deadpool and John rack up the property damage bills, including a fun section where Deadpool just unloads a clip into John's chest, like not caring about him at all, and uh, is impressed by the fact that his chainmail stopped all the bullets. Right. <laughs> um, Cable appears just as John was getting, was getting the upper hand and shoots him in the back with the most Cable gun imaginable. <laughs> Because, you know, in the early 90s when comic books were still going by the uh, Comics Code Authority, you couldn't make a gun that looked like a real gun. Or if you... Right. Like, the, the, there was there was just rules about it. And so since Cable was supposed to be a good guy, his guns had to look, like, fucking ridiculous. Especially on, like, the cartoon show where it's a fucking laser and stuff. But it looks right. nothing like a real gun. I like um, those laser guns he had. <laughs> Albeit sweet, yeah. I mean, they, but they weren't... Yeah, you couldn't call them guns, though. <laughs> <laughs> so in this one, it, first off, it's got like this weird square design where on one side it's a standard pistol and then the part that Cable is holding actually from where the, you know how the pistol sort of, uh, there's the handle and then the barrel. At the juncture of the handle and the barrel, uh, that's kind of where, where the handle is for Cable's gun. Uh, and that's where the trigger is and on the other side there's just this massive laser looking gun right weird because on his leg he has what looks like a typical pistol but it's the typical pistol is literally larger than his thigh right (laughs) like he just has the most ridiculous fucking guns (laughs) it's like that giant 45 magnum that nobody's or that the the magnum the revolver that shoots like 50 caliber like bullets nobody's gonna use that (laughs) yeah and it's just, but it's, he's, that's like all three of his guns, but one of them is two of those guns put together. But see, that's the thing too. What I'm looking at is like, you know, the funny part is like that gun looks like a mix between like three separate guns, like <laughs> the cross, like the handle for like where the, where the, like, uh, where the trigger is on his laser, the laser part of the gun that he's actually holding also looks like the barrel of a gun going through the like, through the trigger of the other handgun looking part that's on the side that he's not even holding. It's a ridiculous looking gun. Uh, if you guys haven't looked at it, seen it, check it out. It's ridiculous. He also has a gun on his back. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, John decides to stand down, even though he didn't like getting shot from behind. And Cable asks for some time to talk to Wade. This is where the character development of this episode's title comes in as Cable and Deadpool talk about why Wade can't remember the murder he committed. Basically because uh, his constantly in flux cells, because he's, you know, he's, he's literally, I think in the, mo- in the movie, in the second movie, they kind of extended how long he would live for dramatic yeah. effect. But he's, in general, he's kind of like, you know, not really days, more like hours from dying. And Mm -hmm. his body is constantly healing from this metastasized cancer that's all over his body. He doesn't not have cancer. He just can't die from it. He can't, he he literally just heals from everything because his body Mm -hmm. is constantly healing the cancer. So it's like, if anything else happens to him, well, fuck it. We're healing everything else. Right. He just has this super healing factor that for some reason can't eradicate the cancer. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but so his brain is constantly in flux and that's and, and and you know so he can't remember things he he senses things he he's he, he's essentially got no memory or ability to store memories in a way um, mm-hmm. so that you know that makes it so that cable can't trust him to live on providence when he isn't planning to be there cuz he can't be there to keep deadpool in check you know kind of like, right you know, he blames Deadpool for John needing to go after him in certain ways. Um, Cable evicts, De- essentially evicts Deadpool from the island. And when Deadpool asks if Cable will come after him if he were to do something like this again, as in, like, kill a known terrorist or just kill anyone on Providence, um, Cable replies that he won't come after him. He'll kill him. Uh, 
which is interesting. Like the comics have made the subsequent comics over the last 20 years since or you know, 15 years since this stuff came out. Um, they've made it pretty clear that like, it's, it's hard to kill Deadpool and right. Uh, you know, so he probably wouldn't have been able to do that, but as Deadpool leaves, Irene and Cable debate whether it is worth it to ask why Deadpool killed Ben Barat, but Deadpool inter- Deadpool's internal monologue states that the reason he did it was simply because he fucking felt like it and didn't give a shit what anybody thought. Um, right. So there's an epilogue, and in Moscow, Deadpool is shaking down a random guy in high-tech sunglasses with an earpiece. Uh, in the last issue, there was like a ref, uh, a cutaway scene where Wolverine was fighting a bunch of Hydra guys, and some a similar person was watching Wolverine and reporting back to someone called the some just some random shadowy figure. Uh, so mm-hmm. the person that Deadpool's shaking down is he's looking for someone called the Black Box, and Deadpool wants the Black Box to figure out how to kill him. So from an undisclosed location, the mysterious stranger lets his agent notice. No, lets his agent know that he will work with Deadpool if the price is right. So it's like, yeah, I'll try to help you figure out how to kill yourself if you know you have the right price for it. Not, um, Deadpool's always broke, right? Not, not necessarily. Well, he always seems like he is. <laughs> I mean, he's got no. In the movies, they made it seem like he was broke because, like, they didn't need the high. They didn't. <laughs> there literally wasn't the. They didn't have the budget and shit like that. But like. Right, right. <laughs> like that's why, like they would do that thing with like the bullets. Where it was like, oh fuck, I only have twelve bullets. You know. Yeah. And it fell in line with the character, but like really, it was because they couldn't. They didn't have the. They didn't have the money for every scene to be a fucking ex- gigantic explosion CGI scene. Right, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Always constantly raining metal, which honestly would have happened. You know, like, it, a very like accurate movie would have just been like bullets flying around when there's just a normal scene like just you know it, instead of rain it would just be bullet shells <laughs> <laughs> well I, I i love uh i can't remember if it was the first or second movie but i think it was the first one where it's like such a big campus and we only see two of you you think the studio would spring for more noticeable characters right and then the door is <laughs> the first one. yeah the door is open they i think beast closes it he's like uh uh but you, but you see the whole cast of yeah. like the first, uh, the, and, yeah, is <laughs> the cast of the X Men movie. Like it's Sophie Turner and Ty Sheridan and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a great. That was great. That was a wonderful cameo. That's how cameos should be done. <laughs> Supposedly they've hit. Like that's another rumor that we've reported on. They've hit Reynolds up for an extended deal. I I'd heard at one point that there were plans to make Deadpool's arc somewhat similar to uh iron man's arc where you got the first movies now the next thing that comes out would be a x-force movie and then a De- oh yeah below um i mean that'd be great that'd be awesome anymore yeah i'd like the x-force i like the x-force yeah. assembled i'd like to see bishop come back and not to say he wasn't done well but well done <laughs> did they do bishop anywhere yeah, um, was it Days of Future Past? Yeah, he had like a two-minute segment. He, where... he wasn't big. He was just like there, unfortunately. That, yeah, that, but that was similar to like an Age of Apocalypse Bishop, where it's like, or, or an Age of Apocalypse cameo, where it would be like, oh, this is you know someone, but it's an it's a side f- facet. They could they could totally recast Bishop and have Bishop come into an X Force movie. They could do it. Um, oh, absolutely. They could do it, hero or villain. Uh, yeah, exactly. The whole I, I don't think to be was it seen as a villain, just a big misunderstanding, and then becomes a hero. I, yeah, give him like a larger part, like have him come back for like you know multiple uh, multiple roles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of like his story in the show. It's like he was kind of like really not clicking, so he was seen as the villain until he figured out like, oh, oh, you're actually good. <laughs> right, you just don't know us that well at all. And amidst all this timey wimey stuff, I, I I must have missed something there. <laughs> I just like they spent a good amount of time because you know he had that security background. So in the early aughts, they spent a good amount of time where he was like this police, you know, sort of like the in the X Men comics, the guy who was always willing to go with the law and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. Um, they they ran the um, House of M storyline and 
cut mm-hmm. from the mutants in the in the universe, and then they had the mutant messiah storyline. And what was really cool about that is Bishop goes nuts because uh, the the you know the 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 baby that was born is like the catalyst to what leads to his future. So he becomes obsessed with eliminating the baby. And oh yeah, that's right. He goes full on Terminator. Yeah, there's this whole storyline where where he and Cable are kind of fighting each other, and Bishop wants to kill the baby, and Cable wants to keep it alive, and they're both like fighting to you know make a change to their future of some way, um, right. you know. And and it, it was it was so like they could bring Bishop in and really make him fucking nuanced, you know. They could right. be really good. That'd be sweet. <laughs> Well, get on it, man. Get on the storyboard. What are you doing here? <laughs> uh, I ain't a hired writer anywhere. <laughs> so, it- all right, boys and girls, and uh, men and women who are listening of all ages, just remember <laughs> all your ideas that you're putting into a movie. You got here. <laughs> Give him some credit. Get him a job. <laughs> I'll talk to the boys, and uh, I'll talk to the boys at the EPA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they'll be able to help if they, they, yeah. they know who you are yeah. <laughs> um so what was y'all's favorite art of what i texted um Ooh, uh, you go i ahead. really like the cover of like just him doing his monologue like him just sitting there yeah. i don't know why yeah i it's very simple it's just like a lighting is on him everything is black around him he just got a all the bubbles barna it's just him sitting kind of all you know kind of classy with like the one foot on his knee just kind of being like so this is what's going on this is what's happening you know thinking like he's a big boss so i like that part um but yeah what about you guys i saw i saw that as a very like a slam poetry like stage thing too i just thought that was really funny (laughs) (laughs) but um i don't know for me it was a toss-up for the art um I mean, it was between like the the last page with uh, with black box sitting there looking at the screens. It just like gave it gave me a very big brainiac like feel to it. Yeah, and I kind of love that. <laughs> but also, as we were talking about it, um, <laughs> the page where Cable does show up with his gun, <laughs> and it's just like absolutely outrageous. It's it's just hilarious. It's so nineties. It's like uh. Like, it's such a flashback. It, it just brings me back to, like, playing Marvel vs. Capcom and, like, just seeing the cable that I loved, you know? And, like, just the most ridiculous cable <laughs> with those guns. And, like, it's, it's just so much ridiculousness in that page. That panel alone, it was just... Uh, I, I just love that part. <laughs> I was, you, you took mine. I was going to say that one. For the same reason, I was going to say, you know, like... And, and even uh, just to add to the so 90s part of it, it just seems like an... Uh, sort of like Zercher's homage to Leifeld. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like it, it, it does evoke such an early 90s cable vibe. Uh, yeah, 100%. With his eye like glowing, super bright. and it, Yeah, it's just wonderful. <laughs> guns, pouches, wherever you could find them because they're still, like like we said, they're still going with like the early, the late 90s uh, aesthetic where it's like more slimmed down and like form-fitting shit on cable, but like there's right. a number of pouches that you can see. Uh, and then always like the full body suit, but they they need a belt, you know, the best. <laughs> they, they need like four belts. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, oh the belt. Oh, the belt era. The belt age was the best age. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got belts everywhere. Like, they, yeah, that was that really was my favorite art, too. Um, yeah. Independent of art. What was your favorite part of the story? To me, it was um, just uh, what was the name of the guy that, again that shocks the hell out of um, uh, Presser, Presser John? That's what I thought. I did the wrong name. Him just because like the whole time, I'm also like I'm like, is this really just not like Thor being in disguise again? <laughs> I, he's got the same corny pose almost the same corny way to talk I'm like oh dear Thor yeah he does give up some major Thor vibes. yeah so it made me laugh I love it um, 
I, I would have said the the part where like Deadpool comes crashing into that restaurant <laughs> just because of the dialogue. The dialogue is so funny, and you know, I just want to I just want to read this out because this is just hilarious. It's like four different people talking. It's just a whole group of people. Like, I mean, you're in like a restaurant, pretty much. It's like, you know, just just chatter. You hear it's like seminar on urban planning. <laughs> Hoped we'd avoid such proclivities for population density, an agrarian culture could have survived. Is that vegetable stew again? Like, it's, like, it's just like those four. I don't know what got to me, but those four lines, like, I just like in concession, like in succession, just like I don't know. And then Deadpool comes crashing through. Like, <laughs> I just that tickled me. I thought that was a really fun part to like just kind of throw in like a little sidebar to like the actual story. A nice little break, you know, in the panels. <laughs> uh, honestly, mine's just a side part really my favorite part was the 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 off the side jokes on the um how you know he, him trying to remember killing bim barat you know and all, basically bim barat the first one he says death to your immoral and yet kittenishly sexy western journalist strumpets with their fashionable shoes and snug sports bras and right. irene standing going shoot him wade and i'll be yours <laughs> and then the second one and they're both in there like kind of like postcard snapshots black and white type deals Deadpool and it's Deadpool's you, you know hand with a sword in it and so he walks in on uh, Barat in bed with uh, with an old woman and he just says it doesn't even say B-E-A it just says B apostrophe apostrophe uh, or whatever the word is whatever dash mark dash mark, I don't remember Right. <laughs> ben Barat just says forgive me but how could I resist? <laughs> and I remember B. Arthur at that age. She might have been almost dead at that age. Well, no, I think she died in 2009 or something like that. So maybe not yet, mm. but yeah. <laughs> those were my, that was, that was my favorite part of the story was those two scenes, particularly the B. Arthur one, old woman in bed with, you know, the Middle Eastern man. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Who okay, so for you guys, who was the story MVP? Who is your favorite character? Uh I have a guess on Verano's favorite. <laughs> All right, what's your guess? Preston John. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought he was so corny and like dumb and he's just so full of himself trying to do what he thinks is right, which is totally not. <laughs> and at the same time, he is the shittiest character in that story. <laughs> so I won't say Cyclops, which has usually been my my note of it. <laughs> that <laughs> goes to uh, Pastor John. <laughs> what about you, Minnie? <laughs> it's funny because I also chose Preston yeah. John. <laughs> As your favorite or both? As my favorite, as my favorite, like, as my story, as the story MVP for me this week, because uh, be, probably because of his like unapologetic quasi purple narrative, like, you know, narration, like it's like the things he says that he never had, didn't have to say, you know, like it's just like the way he says things are just, it, it, it's just really funny. Yeah. Like the thou's, the shells, like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like Stealth. put your own life in jeopardy. <laughs> it's just so good. Um, yeah. See, for me, Prester John came in a close second. Like he was a close second because I did like that. In, in, in you know, we all know that the part of the reason that Deadpool is so free with the killing is because he's aware that they're comic book characters, and that you know, in his, in certain storylines, he stated, you know, if if they matter that much, the writers will just fucking bring them back. Calm down. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, he got my MVP because when he when he and John are fighting in that in that uh, in that mess hall, he's the one who goes. Maybe we shouldn't fight in the middle of a crowd of people. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like John would have gotten the MVP, but Deadpool, and maybe that's the cable influence. Like we said, they're they're genetically bonded in certain ways, and it kind of transferred a little bit of personalities. Maybe that right. Cable's influence, but at the same time, it's just like that's where he gets my story MVP. You know, just uh, actually care- giving a shit about other people. Uh, yeah, 
John was a close second because at least he gave a shit to try to bring Deadpool in to try to like serve the law. Um, yeah. Unlike Fabio, my shittiest story contributor, man, fuck Cable in this story. <laughs> wow, really? Yeah, fuck Cable. <laughs> like he 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 could not give two shits about this investigation. And then Prester John's trying to bring Deadpool in, and Deadpool doesn't really respect Prester John. And like, then Cable come, then Cable finally comes down and is just like, "Man, I don't have time for this shit. What the fuck are you guys doing? You, John, stand down. Cable, get off my fucking island. Go." Like he's just a punk. <laughs> he's just a he's such a shithead in this story. Like, uh, he's my sh- he's he's my shittiest story contributor for the week. Uh, okay, right, Prester John got it. Uh, that's that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. See, I'd go with Johan Creek. <laughs> Cause he's like the he's like the side character that wants to be the protagonist, right? You know? <laughs> like at least Irene kind of like challenges him, but Johan's like, you know, he's he's like uh I don't know, man. He, he just seems like he, he can actually do something, but realistically he's not really doing it. He's just sidebarred the rest of the, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's just kind of the command guy in the command center going uh, oh, what was that movie uh, he's like Robert Stack in Airplane <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly that <laughs> he doesn't really do much he'll say the right things but that's about it <laughs> uh, alright well that was our issue for the week um next week we'll be getting into let me see i got the book right by me um it's gonna get really weird uh coming up um i made it just if it's a deadpool it should be weird if it wasn't i'd be worried no like it's gonna get really fucking weird almost immediately uh in a way we're gonna be uh going into issue 15 enema of the state Part one, killer crown, killer clowns, um, <laughs> literally starts out. Uh, there's a beautiful splash page that you guys are going to get to see of just Deadpool killing clowns. Nice, <laughs> um, but it's actually like in his mind, and he's like, anyway, we'll get into that later. That's not that. That's not important. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to get to see Siren and Cannon. Like, yeah, there's just a lot of good stuff coming up. Um. So, oh, and the fixer comes back. Oh no! Oh no! It's not the fixer. Sorry, uh, Forge. Oh Forge no! Not him. <laughs> I, I thought it was the fixer because it was a it was a vague guy, uh, doing stuff. But it turns out no, it's uh, it's it's definitely Forge. It's it's just Forge. <laughs> it's just Forge. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> it's asshole who took uh, Storm's powers in the eighties, like a dick. God yeah. damn that guy! <laughs> but he was a good. But then didn't try? Didn't he try to get with her after that? Huh? Didn't he try to get with her after that? Um, I can't remember. I might be mixing up. after that. They did get together, but I think it might have been like before, or like she finds out that he had a part in or. Something I don't remember, but yeah, they they were together for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Lucky him, but. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get with your goddess one day. Yeah. <laughs> Storm, you're mine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you right, talking about so... Black Widow then? Well, I mean, hey, whoever's your, uh, whoever oh, you got. Oh, I thought you were trying to throw shade at me about Black Widow. Oh, no, 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 no shade. Uh, just married. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, this week, uh, we may be a little late for the holiday, but uh, I recently asked for help putting up my uh, holiday lights, and that didn't go as planned. And, you know, right. I asked for help. Um, putting up my tree. Uh, and so, you know, getting a peek behind the curtain, obviously these are skits. They're not, <laughs> they're, we're not actually there doing these things, but um, so we're going to, we're going to start now. Um, I can't believe you gave away the truth behind this. 
I know. <laughs> Master, <laughs> how <Fuck>. dare you? <laughs> Damn it, the quality now the quality ratio is going down. Everybody's gonna hate us now. Something yeah, that's right. They're in for the skits. Not the skit. They're in for any, yeah, you any know. Publicity is good publicity, so all right. Look, we're sorry to our listener for uh that peek behind the curtain. So uh you know, mom, sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Please tell your friends we need more listeners. <laughs> yeah. We don't care how old. No, no, not at all. No. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming over to help me with this. I'm tired of all the pine needles on the floor every December, so I got a plastic tree this year. Unfortunately, I bought the damn thing online and the instructions are all in Mandarin. Fucking Amazon. You couldn't figure it out? It's three fucking pieces. White is at the bottom, pointy part on the top. Dumbass. Oh. Well, that looks all right. What kind of lights are you going to put on it? Color, all white lights. Funny you should ask. What the fuck? Are those the same damn lights you shocked me with last time? In all their exposed wired glory? I couldn't afford to buy new lights since our people's cord experiment didn't go my way. Dude, he fell off the fucking roof and you wanted damages. I couldn't, in good conscience, demand he'd pay for your lights without you covering his medical costs. Didn't you say the lights didn't work last time? I might have just said that to try for some chimichanga money. Wait, how the hell did they get all knocked knotted again? We spent two hours untangling them before. Oh, right. Those were my outside lights. These are my tree lights. I bought them at the same time. Do you, do you have any lights that don't look like vermin have been chewing and crapping in the plastic wire casings? No. Oh, whatever. Let's let's plug these in and just make sure they work. Careful. Let him do it. And whatever happens, you know, it, it's his fault. Fine, I'll do it. Holy shit. Damn, that plastic piece of shit went up fast. Kind of wish this was a real tree. Pine smells so much better when it burns. That's what bothers you about this? You're concerned about the odor? You do realize we are still inside your apartment? Verano's getting the extinguisher, so I'll just so I'll just be out the security deposit. Uh sorry for slipping away. Really had to take a piss. Holy shit. <coughs> 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 <coughs>